It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, I hear you've all been Googling and had the Encyclopedia Britannica's out studying your weeds. Yes, today I will be giving you clues as to another garden weed. Some people don't look at them as weeds. But anyway, that's the basis of a competition all this week to celebrate Oliver Goff sales and hire Flower Hill Navin 60 years in business. I have Husqvarna. Strimmer battery operated kit to give away today. It's worth almost €300 and will qualify one person through to win the Husqvarna Automore. It's a 450X model worth €5,000. It's a wonderful prize. I'll give you your clues in a wee while. The east wind blows even though it's dry. It's nippy out there and it's certainly going to blow for Panda Recycling customers over the coming weeks because news today, it's all over the place this morning that from May the 8th they're going to start charging three. Euro 80 for every time they lift your compost bin and I know many listening to us today are Panda customers so that charge is coming in for you but one of our beloved regulars says no way you don't have to pay it yes the most loved Nikki Kyle gardening.com check her out Nikki's on the line hello Nikki hi Jerry <laughs> sure it's a bit windy today isn't it oh the east wind did shave you to be honest with you even though there's a little bit of sun on that breaking through but Nikki what about compost you compost, I compost, we know what the story is. Everyone can compost, can't they, Nikki? Well, yeah, there's very few things that can't be composted. I mean, things like bones, ask my archaeologist son, because he spends most of his time on his knees looking through medieval cesspits, and bones don't compost. But everything else, um, apart from meat and dairy products, that sort of thing, you know, otherwise you can compost pretty much everything. It's, it's really basic composting is just mixing up all the brown waste and the green waste and getting a good mix so you've got some air in it and you know you don't have to make a compost seat but you know uh, you, you can actually do worm composting which is brilliant mm. um there's an article on my my website uh, called how to easily make uh, an affordable home wormery uh, it's actually very cheap to do it produces fantastic non-smelly compost i have to to say um and it's a great way actually if you've been growing things in in containers you can recharge those containers using worm compost because Worm compost, actually, when worms work through food waste, they actually produce something which is about 10 times as nutritious as what they ate. They're actually amazing creatures. You know, we couldn't cope, uh, you know, with climate change or anything else without them. We need worms. But anyway, worm compost is, is incredibly nutritious. 
brilliant for everything, for house plants, for vegetables, for, for recharging you know, compost, as I was saying. Um, you know, and it's really very easy to make. You don't have to make a huge, big compost heap. You don't have to sort of have something you're afraid might attract rats or something. You can have an enclosed bin for worm compost. And even if you only have a, a flat or something, you can have a tiny bin for worm compost. Because when worms work through waste, they reduce it by a, a, at least three quarters yes. when they're actually doing it. And then you can empty one side of your bin or, or underneath the bin and away you go again. You just, you know, we get through, I suppose, about four kilos of, of house waste uh, every week here um, in the bin. Uh, and, you know, it, they get through it incredibly quickly, especially at this time of year. Mm. Now, you mentioned worm compost, and just for listeners, the worms aren't in the compost when you're feeding it to your plants that they've done their work, and what you're left with is this lovely, rich, black material that has uh, been produced by I the mean, worms. It's, it's literally, it's black gold. It really is. It's fantastic stuff. Um, you might find the odd worm in the compost no. that sort of got left yeah. behind, uh, but the rest will have actually gone on to work through the green stuff and the fresh stuff, yes. which is what they really like. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, you can get rid of eggshells that way. It's brilliant. Bake them in the oven uh, and grind them up smash them up as, as fine as you like you know think about somebody you don't like and stamp all over a bag full of eggshells it's brilliant it's very therapeutic <laughs> <laughs> and that that is brilliant because it keeps the ph you know the acidity low it keeps the ph up in the compost which is what worms like if your worms are slow and gray looking then they're ill they yeah. need to be pink and healthy looking like people you know uh, and then they're, they're very healthy and it's keeping the ph up um, with something like uh, eggshells or oyster shells or something not salt you know so don't go yes. and collect them on the beach but eggshells are brilliant just every time you use a, a few eggs just throw them in a tin in the bottom of the oven eventually you'll have enough to scrunch up to put in your worm compost there you go now look anything you go in you mentioned that dairy and meats and that no they they're a no-no yeah, in compost bins. Absolutely. They, they can't go in. Um, I, I do talk about it all in my blog post. You can put um, newspapers, old potting compost, as long as it hasn't got chemicals in, um, anything like that. Your peelings uh, from the sink, your carrot peelings, potato peelings, uh, outer yeah, leaves of cabbage, lettuce, all everything. that type of stuff. Apples. Everything. Apples. All of that. And just chop it up a little bit if it's a big, heavy sort of cabbage stem or cauliflower stem uh, and they'll go through it very quickly you know mm. um, but no no um, cooked uh, food with sauces on they can eat raw or cooked food um, like veg you know but as yes. I say no, no sauces no meat um, no bones okay um, uh, I'm just trying to think of everything else. I mean, anything else, basically, you know, that won't worm compost, you could actually make, a, if you've got sort of larger twigs and uh, woody prudings, you could put them in a pile in the corner of the garden, yeah. um, and they make a wonderful habitat. They'll eventually break down in, into leaf fold and sort of, you know, uh, rotting wood, and make mm. a wonderful habitat for wildlife. Uh, and then also, another thing you could do with them, if you don't want to do that, and you want to grow a bit of stuff, you could make what's called a hoogle culture bed which is basically you sort of dig out a little bit, uh, a section of, of soil where you want to make the bed, fill that with woody prunings, branches, that sort of thing. Um, then you can actually pile green waste on top of that. Um, and gradually you work up to sort of smaller and smaller stuff until you top that with soil, which you can grow things in. Mm. Uh, and it's a very sort of permaculture way of growing things. Yes. Um, but it, it's, it's a really good thing as long as you, you know, compact it really well. I mean, you can use all sorts of cardboard. Don't use coloured um, cardboard, you know, or coloured uh, magazines in your worm compost 
Oreo crumpus bin, Oreo okay. hugel cut. No colour, no colour, yeah. black yeah. and white, uh, cardboard, plain cardboard is all yeah. fine. Come back to the compost itself because people like have, most people a little green area lawn or something like that, they, yeah. they cut it and you can use your grass cuttings but you should mix the cuttings because they become very slimy if you put all grass in. Yeah, absolutely, that's what I was saying. Just mix the stuff up really well uh, and if you've got grass clippings, you can mix them up with um, leaf mould. People always say, oh, leaf mould takes three years to make. It doesn't if you mix your leaves with grass clippings. Yes. Because I do it all the time and put that in the black bag somewhere in a corner and you'll have wonderful leaf mould very quickly. Mm. Um, you know, but always mix things through. The more you mix, the, the, you know, you don't get compact, a compacted layer of anything. Um, you know, just mix everything up as you put it in. You get yeah. a good sort of uh, mix of, of brown and green stuff. That's it. They, they, if that's a conventional compost. Yes, piece. yes, you're right. The dry stuff and, and the sort yeah, of more wet damp, stuff, wet stuff as it, well. It all sort of evens out then. It evens out yes. the, the wetness. No, no, for somebody, but for people listening to us today that have never done this, uh, let's talk about outdoors. This amazed me because I have about four bins on the go at the same time and I rotate them, as you say, when I empty one, I start again. The worms, you see, I put the bins on the soil so the worms appear in there. Yeah. Uh, will that happen in every soil context? Do the worms just arrive? Um, yeah, they do. If, if you if you have a compost bin on on soil, you know, yes, um, they, they do just arrive because they know where the good food is. I they mean, they're, they're pretty clever, you know. Mm. They do. That's the amazing. I always amazes me. You start off a bin, you don't put anything here. Next thing you oh, you look at it and maybe turn it up a little bit, and there they are. They've appeared from nowhere. Now, if you're in a an apartment or a flat, do you need to get a few worms to add to your little bin if it's under the sink or somewhere? Uh, you can actually, uh, or you could actually ask. Uh, I mean, earthworms aren't generally the ones that, that work in worm compost bins. I originally got um, dendrobina worms. Yeah, or brandlings. Uh, I think I now have tiger worms. Yeah, brandlings, brandlings, yes. They do, you know, yes. but they, they do, they magically appear from somewhere. But you can actually buy worms online. Now, I didn't mm. actually look this morning to see if, if the places, because I got them in the north of Ireland, which of course we can't do now. We can't even buy worms from the north of Ireland anymore. Uh, but I'm sure there's someone here doing them. Yes, you can buy them. And fishing shops often have them oh, as well, course. that yeah, you can get yeah, them in absolutely. fishing tackle shops and put them in. But you'd have no qualms about if you, what type of a container would you put under your sink in an apartment or that? What do you need? Do you need it? Uh, must you let air into it as well? Air is well, important, yeah, isn't Well, yeah, I it? mean, my, my blog post actually tells you all about that. Okay. Um, but uh, basically, they need drainage. Uh, they need bedding. They need nice soft bed. You know, you sort of started off uh, with a bit of gravel at the bottom, then a bit of sort of... Um, like fine mesh or something to stop the stuff sort of falling through. Mm. Uh, and uh, what I did, uh, I've got a sort of a bigger arrangement I- in my shed. Uh, and on one side, I have this. Yeah, I started off like that. Then I put bark chips on. Then I put a bit of bedding like old um, potting compost or, or something. Uh, and then I start to add the green waste and yes. the, the, the shredded paper and that sort of thing. And when that fills right up to the top, um, then, you know, and, and don't squash it. They need air. Always make sure that air can get in. Yeah. And then I start on the other side. So I start doing the same the other side. And I can empty the side they've worked through, which is the most wonderful, crumbly, absolutely non-smelly. In fact, you eat it, it smells so good. It's just <laughs> pure humus. You know, it's wonderful stuff. And it's like rocket fuel for plants. Whatever yes. you give it to, absolutely loves it. And, you know, it's a, a cycle. Once you start and you get going at yeah. this, it, within how many, how many months does it take for, you know, the uh, waste to break down before you have that lovely gold, dark gold that you're talking about there? Um, well, it depends. If 
it's worm compost, it doesn't yeah. take very long at all. It takes a couple of weeks because right. they're really very hungry. And the warmer it is, the faster they work. Yes. You know, uh, you'll get very fond of your worms, actually. I'm very fond of mine. <laughs> 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 my son said a while ago that my autobiography should be called uh, The Woman Who Talks to Worms because I'm often in there talking away to them. And he's like, oh, my God, here she goes again. <laughs> they are wonderful. They're fantastic creatures. And they, they show you what they like and what they don't like. Oh, citrus uh, fruits are another thing not to put in because they're too acidic. Okay, what about bananas? Uh, old bananas. Oh, they adore bananas. Do they? Bananas, sweet potatoes, and carrots are their absolute favourites. They go mad for them. You know, bananas or, 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 or um, you know, shredded up, chopped up sweet potatoes, anything like that. God, we're creating They've a worm. Really sweet tooth. We're creating a menu for a worm west restaurant yeah. here on late lunch this afternoon, <laughs> for sure. They, they absolutely love them. And the thing is that the banana skins are actually extremely high in potash. But when the worms work through those banana skins, they actually increase the potash content by 10%. Mm. And, you know, this is all completely natural, organic. Yep. You're doing good for the planet by composting. Absolutely. I mean, and you're stopping food waste emissions, which are one of the biggest causes of climate change. Mm. So today, you know, with this announcement of the charge, and I, I have to uh, say that Panda Recycling are doing this, they're saying, to partly encourage people to get composting you know what I mean that they'll use these bins less and not have to pay the charge what do you make of that I think that's a load of rubbish, quite frankly. They know an awful lot of people probably won't bother to recycle. And I don't, it's something like 380 million or billion the company was sold for. Yes, massive money. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's a lot of money in, in using our waste. And we can actually save ourselves money by using it ourselves. Yeah, one billion it was sold for in the recent, a billion yeah. for the, it employs 3,000 people, I know that. And, you know, they have a, a, a very worthwhile and valuable and uh, important business there. We have to say that too but look there's no need to pay this charge you no. say get composting no. and do it yourself and save yourself money yeah i mean literally minimize the, the, just put the barest amount into your brown bin when you have to and i mean you know we probably put ours out well not very often i, I wouldn't say you know just bones and things like that yes. if you bury bones they won't actually break down yeah. and something will probably come along and dig them up if you try and put them under a fruit tree or something <laughs> i've had that happen so i just don't do it now but you know there's very little that needs to go in yes. there i know it takes a little bit of bother at first but soon it becomes routine and and it's not a bother rats nikki you know people would say oh these bins attract rats composting no, not no, a proper compost a, a, a compost bin properly um used it does not attract rats and the worm compost bin certainly won't um but don't put anything in there like cooked food or like dairy yes. or like bread that would attract rats sure. you know you can actually compost uh, most bread as long as it's not too disgusting not baked goods like cakes and things but you can compost bread once it goes moldy if you put in little amounts but it, it's the same with everything don't put a huge amount of anything in at one time yeah mix um, it. you know and it will compost it certainly will. The woman knows everything about composting. Get cracking, folks. Get your bins. Uh, there are compost bins of all sizes to be had. Even if you're living in an apartment or flat, you heard Nikki there, you can do it. NikkiKyleGardening.com. She's a wonderful blog on composting and composting bins. You're a mine of information. Thank you once more for joining us. <laughs> you're welcome.
welcome, Jerry. Take care. I'm composting. Yes, talk to you soon. <laughs> Nikki Kyle there, our regular on organic gardening, joining us when it comes to the news that it's going to cost you three uh, euro eighty every time uh, that your uh, brown bin is lifted. So minimise, even if you have to put out. Once in a while, you can save yourself money. That news coming that Panda Recycling is uh, implementing that charge uh, from early May this year. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. What about Hilary Swank, Louise? Twins at 48. How are you fixed? God love her. God, at 48. Mm. But now she'll have loads of help, I take it, will she? Are they her first? I think so. Okay, well then she knows no different. <laughs> a good point to make I have to say God it's a fair age to have two little ones isn't it yeah with sleepless nights ahead and not easy no not easy you need to be in the full of your health and I think I think you know babies are meant for it's easier is it easier when you're younger come on you tell me what do you think is it easier when you're Uh, I don't know I think I think when you're younger and you have your first it's you worry about every single thing. So I think that the worry is heightened. Yeah. You know, if the child stops breathing for a millimetre, yes. tenth of a second, <gasps> you're straight down to the doctor. Whereas the third, it's like, are you, Brad? <laughs> you slap on the back there, she's fine. So I'm, I think it's easier in that regard as you get older. Yeah. But definitely the tiredness, is, I think, is more. Yeah, I think. I I remember mentioning Liam Manning yesterday on the show. God, he's going to come up today because of the twins. I think Liam had two sets of twins. Wow. Twin girls and another girl and he's married to a girl. So it was all women. Blessed was Liam amongst mm. women in his house. But I remember him telling me as well, you're right. You know, you had, I think he had the first girl, then a set of twins, then a second. And he said when it came to that, if they were kicking up at that, he just put them the far end of the house and locked the door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because... Nearly there's two of them. So yeah, whether, yeah, they were used yeah. to. And like, I don't mean that. More, you know, I know, I know. But you know they, what I'm you, saying? You just you yeah. relax a little bit more. You do, you do. Nearly well, like other twins, they'll feed themselves. <laughs> Feel <laughs> each other. They'll be grand. Laissez faire, laissez faire, as they say. Anyways, we're moving on on late lunch after two on the show. Sinead Cavan is with us to talk about restricting access to social media for minors. But on our way up to top of the hour, too, I have to mention him, Mark Sheehan. A lot of mercy in him from the script. The guitarist, shocking, only 46 years of age. He passed away suddenly, and we're heading to two. And we remember him today with this one it's the script and Hall of Fame. Your home of great music. LMFM. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk to God, go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. You can move a mountain. You can break rocks. To be a master, don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. Standing in the hall of fame. Yeah. And the world's gonna know your name. Yeah. I mentioned this on late lunch, I think it was last week. Uh, Utah, the state of Utah in the States, is going to curb the use of TikTok and Instagram by children. Arkansas now have introduced a similar bill that would require social media network platforms to verify users' age and obtain explicit parental consent for people under 18. 
And Texas, this is taking legs in the States, even more strange, and it would ban social media accounts for minors altogether. So what about the Irish situation, the Irish context? I'm delighted to say hello again to Sinead Cavanagh, the holistic parent. Hi, Sinead. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Look, you're well aware that this is taking legs stateside. What do you think? Okay, so I'm going to hang my shingle out at the very start of this conversation. Um, people here, states of Utah, Arkansas and Texas, and they will, um, you know, take them from the recent news articles where they seem to have very, very right-wing kind of approaches to life and decisions and consents of all kinds. Um, so that kind of has a, it, it'll put a little bit of a cloud in people's minds with regard to this particular topic. However, as liberal-minded as I am, I do have an issue with the age of consent for children being too low for social media and tech. Okay, so would you say 18, minor, you know... When I say too low, actually, I should probably um, put another caveat on that as well. The age of consent in Europe is 16, Mm. and that's based on GDPR guidelines. Okay. So a company cannot take information from your child, as in their their information, their name, address, date of birth, etc., unless they are 16 years or older, or if they have the the parents' consent down as far as 13, but not below 13. So you can sign up, create an account for your child, um, for social media, if they're under the age of 13. You're not supposed to. But we all know, these are GDPR guidelines. Who's Mm -hmm. looking at them? We have regulations. You know yourself if you get caught, you'll be nailed. But they're not really being monitored. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge part of it because there's three areas on this one. There's the advocacy, there's the monitoring, and there's the me- what I call the metal approach. Mm. And they're the three areas that people really need to think about and have a conversation without getting thick with each other about it, without going off on one in terms of, Asher, it's only the internet, or Asher, it's only the phone, or Asher, it's only this. Because there is a reality to this, and you've only to open the papers and see that the mental health of children and young teenagers and young adults is being grossly affected by usage. I'm not saying stop them using it. I'm not saying minimi- you know, uh, cut it off, that they shouldn't have it, blah, blah. Mm. We're in the 21st century. Tech is a part of our lives. But we do have to be responsible. And as adults, we have to be responsible for the children that we care for. So, so are you saying to me, let's just talk specific ages now. Are you saying to me that it, when it child reaches, and I still call them children at 13, 13 years of age beyond that they can work away and they should be okay to be allowed full and open access below the age of 13 you know, below 13 parental permission or no access Well, according to the GDPR guidelines, they're saying that no company should have access to a child under the age of 13 Okay None. Right, so no None. child should have an account of their own under yes. the age of 30. That's okay, that's clear. Social media. Then, if you look at, so then you see there's loads, of, there's so many little ins and outs of this, right? So we, let's look at the basics. People have either Android phones, and we're going to talk about phones because, yes, there's tablets and devices and computers mm. and all the rest of it. But the phones are the things they have stuck at the end of their arm. So you've Android and you've Apple. They're the two predominant, you know, that's what we're looking at yep. in terms of um, operating systems, right? So Android, for anyone who doesn't know, Android is an open source system. So that means it accepts all loads of third party stuff. Apple is proprietary, which means it doesn't. Mm. Now, people always think that means that Apple phones are much safer. Now, 
Apple phones are safer in terms of a cybersecurity attack. It's harder to hack an apple. But in terms of children and their use, kids are not trying to hack the phones. Kids are just trying to look at stuff they shouldn't be looking at. Mm. So when it comes to that aspect of safety, internet safety, we're not talking about the dark basements and the black web for kids. We're talking about general access. And the family controls on the Apple products are not as stringent or as strong as the family controls that you'll find for Android products. So people think if they have an Apple at home, if they have an iPad, if they have an iPhone, whatever for the kid, they're doing the due diligence in terms of safety. For your child, it's not because it's a different type of safety. That won't stop them being cyber bullied. That won't stop them being in a FaceTime group where there's people giving them a hard time. That won't stop their screenshots being taken of them doing something stupid that they shouldn't do. And it's seen on camera and shared amongst groups. And this is where kids are in danger, not from people hacking yeah, and right, I just want grooming I, elements and all of that thing as well. But that's, yeah. once they've access to to apps, if they're not controlled, yes, and and of course we have to mention violence and pornography and all that yeah. type of stuff is, is yeah. out there by the new time. The one thing I will say about Apple, uh, you're right. But you can, once you get to understand and learn Apple, there are means and ways for sure Absolutely. of securing. Same but you, as it is yeah, across you, all yes, of the platforms. Got to know you the nail on the head yes. there, Jerry. Yeah. Once you take the time. Yeah to know and understand. And let's face it, most adults, whether you're a parent or not, don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of your phone right. and how to make it work for you right. the best way you can. Shutting down notifications, putting on you know, yeah. um, uh, digital controls, just monitoring your own use of it, turning off the blue light, you know, all these different things. Yeah. People don't use them. Now, now, come back to the States thing, because they're talking about the age of 18. You know what I mean? Now, it's not 13. It's the age of 18 these people are talking about now in yeah. those t- particular states so that we mentioned. in those particular states, it's always, there's always the bit of extreme. Um, we have to be realistic it's i don't see that there's an issue with kids having access when the access is monitored is responsible and the problem with this is that society is making it too easy for everybody to go after it's only and relinquish responsibility mm. and there's this is where this metal thing that i think about comes in and that's a that's the, the wraparound you know totally use it as a wraparound care system it's the idea of metal is about wrapping around and looking after who needs to be looking after yes so it's the elders looking after the village and in our in the case of children the advocacy here should be children first that's what the program is called in terms of safety in general mm. for child safeguarding it's children first so it doesn't matter what headspace an adult is looking for, whether that's a teacher or a parent or a coach or whoever it is that's looking after kids. It doesn't matter what headspace you're looking for, right? Giving a kid a device in order to give yourself headspace is not headspace for the child. It's clutter. It's absolute emotional and psychological clutter. So you might as well stick them in, you know, a box full of sleeps mm. because they get the same dopamine hit as they do from sugar. Mm. Do you know, and when it's unsupervised, when it's just, you know, people think, oh, well, I have Family Link or I have Family Safety or I have Family Sharing or whatever, Kids360, whatever I might have on the device. The thing is, if you're not actively using that properly, it yeah. might as well, you know, peen in the wind like. Come, you know? to, come to the wider context of this, if you would, just for a moment, because, you know, you're right. This is here and it's here to stay. Yeah. And it's a huge part of people's lives. And it starts at an earlier age all the time. And mm-hmm. what you're talking about today is, you know, easing young minds 
yeah. young people into this completely in a way that you know what I mean that they're educated about it that they're told the dangers about it etc etc but look you know I see it all the time it's now nearly taking over lives at yes. the expense of life Sinead yes. of reality yes. completely how like you're you walk in this area you deal with this yes. I, I said is it gone has the horse bolted is it are we too no. late no, it's not. And do you know what? In the same as anything, right, if, if anyone has an addiction to something, there are ways and means of, of combating the addiction, okay? But it's not easy. It's difficult. But anything in life that's worthwhile doing is not easy. Mm. And people have to just remember that. The big thing is, is that from your starting out, and I always love the starting out bit, if you're starting out as a parent or as a teacher or as a, you know, work, anyone who's going working with kids, start as you mean to go on. One of the biggest things you have to be able to have is you have to be able to communicate with the kids involved. You have to be able to develop an openness and honesty with them in order to be able to share information, in order to be re- that information to be received, to have respect and trust in the relationships. So this is like not just a case of throwing a phone at a kid. This is about developing a relationship with children, whoever you are, that in, in, it's ensuring that you're putting the child foremost at the centre of that communication. How are they receiving the information that you're giving them? Do they have the capacity to understand what's been said? We're not talking street savvy ability here in maturity. We're talking about emotional and mature, I mean, emotional maturity. You know, the ability, people say, oh, sure, at, nine, at three, sure, at three, you can see them swiping to open the screen. Yeah, doesn't mean they should have the screen to swipe. Do you know what I mean? It's, yes. it's about really understanding. Kids develop from a very early age. They learn more in the first three years of their life than they will in the rest of their life. Everything else on top of that is just first. I say that all of the time. From three to six, it's really about looking at their wider circle. The, the world doesn't just revolve around them anymore. It's unfair that they discover that, but that's what they do. From six to nine, it's finding where they fit into that space. From nine to 12, it's building the relationships with others. And then it's the emotional element into the teenage years. This is all really, really fundamental parts of human development. But if you screw them up, it's work that has to be done later on. And the last thing we want to do is, as adults, have to be repairing the child that we were because stuff got screwed up along the way. Mm. And so this I, I, is a part of that childhood development now. That's brilliant. Honestly, you, I, 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 that's brilliant just there. I've been hanging on every word and listening. And it's amazing, you know, those blocks of three, you know, where, you know, a child is through the development. Here's the thing then, coming back to what you were saying a few moments ago. If... In Europe, we have the law there as regards 13. Let's get back to this point and yep. accessing, you know, the social media sites first. They have to have a phone or a device, of course, first. Um, then we're all right. The law is there. Just implement it. Yeah, basically. That's it. We, we need to, but the tech companies need to be monitored. Government needs to be lobbying effectively. There needs to be a proper, like we have a Department of Children and Youth Affairs. This needs to be part, an element of that department. There needs to be better laws in place that the guards can actually look step in when things are really breached. Um, we need to have the tech. This is this metal approach. This isn't just parents' job. This isn't just the parents' job to say, oh, well, you have the device, you bought them. It's, it's not okay to just throw it at the parents and say it's theirs. They go into schools, they have um, screen time in schools. Mm. They're using iPads. I know for a fact that in primary schools where iPads are used, I know for a fact that teachers are having to go and clear down histories 
because kids are managing to get around the controls on it and access and stuff they shouldn't. Mm. And younger kids then open those devices and all sorts of stuff pops up on the screen because yes. the 12-year-olds are being schooled by their older siblings at home yes. or not. And because maybe they have no, there's no controls on, on their devices, maybe they can have, you know, free, free access and they're putting stuff on school. So this is across the board. Everybody has, everybody's a stakeholder in this. Mm. Everybody is a stakeholder. And that's an- Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Important message. Ultimately, everybody is a stakeholder in the advocacy for children's benefit, for children's best interests. And I think that's the bit that we're missing. People just shove the can down the road. Parents, tech companies, the utility companies, they have responsibility and they have to cooperate with government lobbyists and with the Gardaí. The same with the tech companies. Schools, more education and more awareness for children, but not about don't log on to this and don't log on to that. Talk about why they want to log on to them. Mm. Why is it such, uh, you know, because it's secretive, because it's something I can do that's bold and I'm not meant to. Let's face it, we were all kids. We all did. Listen, we when we hadn't to. technology, I, I must tell you no, about that some other day as well. There was other ways of doing it. There was. Other no. it. There was. You know, what, we, we were all children at one stage and we and all had this in us. human development. It's how they learn Absolutely. to grow and trust themselves and trust others and mature. It's, it's a part of development. So we have to engage with the products. We have to engage with the tech facilities, but we have to do it in a way that we're protecting people. Mm. Very, very important. It's not about hammering down, you Mm. can't do. It's about teaching a responsibility for individuals so they grow up to be adults who are responsible. At the moment, we have kids who are growing up and they don't understand what responsible and autonomy means. They believe autonomy means that they can do what they want. No, autonomy means, yeah, you can do what you want, but you take up the repercussions of whatever those decisions are. That's the bit we're missing. And that comes back to if we're telling them they can't use it, well, then we have to advocate why. We have to show them and 
help them to understand and explain it. And everyone needs to have the same hymn sheet. Well, I can tell you, you've uh, done a lot of explaining really brilliantly, I have to say, for me today, and I'm sure our listeners who are tuned in. This is something that is uh, ongoing yeah. and will run and run. I thank and you Anyone today. that wants to give me a shout, Jerry, yep. I'm happy to do. We can do digital detoxes with families and everything like that. Three days can make a break, but two weeks is the, the killer you have to try and get through. But it can be done, you know, there's ways and means, but everyone has to roll in. Everyone. We have to be responsible as adults as well. We model the behaviours. So if we want our kids to be different, we need to look at the mirror. Thank you so much. Theholisticparent.ie. Check her out. Sinead Kavanagh is online. Theholisticparent.ie. Until the next time. Thank you so much. Jerry, thanks, Mills. Bye-bye. Not at all. Bye-bye. That's the brilliant Sinead Kavanagh there. Lots of food for thought. Because of you. Kelly Clarkson. On your late lunch. Kelly was a winner of one of those big talent competitions, wasn't she, in the States? I'm sure she was. Anyway, lovely song there, indeed. Scottish ultra marathon runner. Have you seen this story? Mm-hmm. Josiah Zakzowski is her name. I did a bad job on that pronunciation, but she's a GP in Scotland. And did you hear the story? Well, I think I sort of was. You but did I mention it this morning? I sort of paraphrased it to you. Yeah, she's a 47 year old GP from Dumfries in Scotland. And um, she did the Manchester to Liverpool 50 mile race. Now, that is some race, to be honest with you. Mm. But she was disqualified because they discovered that she actually did two and a half miles in a car. <laughs> in a car. Why two and a half miles? Well, why at all? But like, why only two and a half miles? She if you're going to do that, just do the, do the 10 or 15. Well, I think it was a tracking device discovered she did two and a half miles in a couple of minutes. <laughs> so she'd have to have a motor on her to do that. Either that or superpowers. Oh, she said she wasn't feeling well and that she took the lift. But why didn't she just drop out? Mm. Why didn't she just drop out of it? Because this woman... Bad form. Bad form for herself and well, her reputation. My God, she's raced for Great Britain. She was on Team Scotland in the Commonwealth Games, Louise. She's won a 24-hour event in Australia. She holds the Scottish 24-hour record, the British 200k record and the Scottish 100-mile record. Why? So is that not questioning all of why? those? Why? Oh, why? Oh, why? Um, she got a car on all of them? I, I wouldn't think so. But mm. even just this once, just... Uh, Blimmin' hell, what was she thinking of the woman? God almighty. I'm sure she feels absolutely horrendous about it today. You know what I mean? In, in, in retrospect, but God almighty. Because she was caught? Yeah. Because she did it at all? Mm. Look, truth, truth is very important and very important in this world. As you yeah. saw yesterday in a courtroom in America when truth, truth won out. And lies have consequences. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, big one of the biggest legal cases settled uh, yesterday. But truth is the truth. And uh, lies, well, they have no place. And you're found out generally in the end. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Rachel Graham's with us next. We love her. She's our nutritionist. This trend of mega hydration that's gone wild on TikTok. How much water should we be taking on board every day? Rachel's with us next. Louise mentioned to me, have you seen this TikTok hyper hydration trend that's all over the place on social media and people are throwing themselves into it? And I said I didn't, but we had a look at it subsequently and uh, we wanted to have a chat about it. But who else to chat to? Only the wonderful... Rachel Graham. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Jerry. How are you? 
Good to talk to you again. It's been too long. Thanks for joining me on the show. And this is something I know uh, over the years you and I have touched on in the course of what we've been talking about in your work around nutrition. You, you, are you familiar with what you are, what we're talking about, this TikTok thing? Yeah, I mean, I was familiar with the term uh, hyponatremia, which is the consumption of excess water. However, I was unaware to the TikTok trend because I'm not on TikTok. So I actually immediately chatted with my with my daughter just to see was she aware of it. And she said, yes, Kylie Jenner is uh, actually, I think, the one who started it. Um, But it's all over TikTok. It's not just coming from Kylie Jenner. It's like crazy Uh, recommendations to consume like four plus litres of water a day, which is just um, nonsense. And it's also actually quite dangerous. Uh, I'm I'm glad to hear you're not on the TikTok move in the TikTok movement like <laughs> myself at the minute. But God, the pressure might might uh, mean that we'll have to uh, relent at some stage. But there you are, your daughter familiar mm. with it. Four plus liters. Look, come back to this again. We do need hydration, and you've uh, been banging on about this for years, but yeah. not at that level. No, absolutely not. And I think this it comes back to really listening to your body and every we're all individuals. So I think I've said this to you before, Jerry, our health is as individual as our fingerprint. So everybody requires different amounts of hydration. On average, I recommend between two and maximum three litres of water a day. But that upper end of recommendation of three litres really depends on your height, on your weight, on your activity levels and also in the climate that you're living in. So if you live in a very warm climate where, you know, you're sweating a lot, yes, you're going to need to hydrate more. However, um, in excess of three litres, when you're just carrying out your your day as normal and not doing, you know, excessive exercise or doing um, hit exercises, you don't need this amount of water. And it's actually really, really dangerous. It's actually anti-health as opposed to pro-health. In what way, Rachel? How could it impact on you? Um, well, the, the balance of fluids in our body is really important and we need certain key minerals. Uh, so magnesium and potassium will be two really important key minerals as well as sodium. So if you uh, consume three plus litres of water or in excess of four litres of water a day, you are in effect diluting this balance of these really important minerals and electrolytes in our body. And that affects um, our nerve function. So it can cause things like headaches. Um, it can cause muscle cramps. Uh, you can feel faint, weakness, all of these things. So it's really important to maintain that very delicate balance of these important key minerals, uh, because these minerals are actually very important for our heart health. So they maintain a healthy blood pressure as well. So if you don't have enough of those minerals in your diet, if you're not consuming enough foods that containing those minerals, and then you're also diluting whatever levels that you have with excess fluid intake, then you're really going to be in trouble. Real sound advice there. And people, we should all take on board what Rachel is saying there. You mentioned the climate and that. My God, in Ireland, we didn't need to consume much with the weather we've been having for over mm, the last number I of know. weeks and months have been so cold and, and so so miserable. When you talk about your recommendation of two to three litres, and again, depending on your height, physique, metabolism, etc. Are you talking about water there? What about, you know, the tea or coffee we consume during the day, the soft drinks? Do they count in that two to three litres? 
Well, not coffee and tea because they're actually very dehydrating. So they will actually cause you to to pee out more of these beneficial minerals. So, okay. um, no, I don't count tea and coffee in that overall hydration. However, you can eat your water. <laughs> so you can consume vegetables like cucumbers and tomatoes and celery, which are all more than 90% water. And so these will contribute to your overall daily hydration. So, yes, they would contribute to that. Um, but, you know, water is so important for us, um, for our digestion in particular. And, you know, the opposite end of the scale is if you're not consuming enough water is that you can very easily become constipated. So the correct amount of water is key for you to hit that, um, you know, that, that amount every single day. When you're thirsty, I take it that's an indication. If you have a thirst on you, you should drink. Is that the yeah. indicator or are you saying that you should have a regime in place where you take so much water, you know, from you waking in the morning until before you go to sleep at night? Yeah, so I recommend that upon waking that you should consume a litre of water. So if you're not used to doing this, then start with half a litre or 500 millilitres um, that's a really great way to start your day because you're effectively think of yourself as a plant and you're like rehydrating yourself first thing in the morning before you have even a sip of tea or coffee um, because it actually has a similar effect to tea or coffee because it can help you to feel more alert and more focused and wake you up. So if you can have that one litre of water first thing in the morning, it means that essentially you have consumed half of your uh, recommended daily amount of water before you've even had your breakfast. So then, yes, you can listen to your body and take your cues from yourself if you feel thirsty to drink water. And over the course of the day, you will likely consume another litre of water. You, know, you can have one in, um, you know, after your breakfast or mid-morning or mid-afternoon, and usually you will be able to hit those targets very, very easily. If you're exercising, then you should, for every 30 minutes of high-intensity exercise, you should drink an additional 500 millilitres of water on top of this dec- recommended daily amount. So if two litres is you know, sitting well with you, as in that you are having a daily bowel movement, that you're not constipated, that you're feeling hydrated, that you're not experiencing excess fatigue, that you're not experiencing any kind of headaches, all typical symptoms of dehydration, by the way, then your two litres is working for you. Then if you are doing that intensive type of exercise, then add another 500 millilitres of water into your regime because that's really important. So it's not time dependent on the day to stretch it out over the day. If you do your two litres early in the day, good enough. If you're thirsty, then take a drink as necessary later on. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, I do tend to recommend to a lot of my clients that they restrict their water intake the closer they get to bed to avoid that uh, nocturia, as it's called, so waking in the night to pee. Tell me um, about it. Because <laughs> so try and restrict your tea, coffee, water intake, all of that kind of thing to pre-dinner and then have very little between dinner and bedtime. And that will really uh, benefit you. But yes, during the course of the day, just drink regularly over the course of the day as, as, as best as you can. I have, I experienced this so much in clinic with the amount of clients that I see that really aren't drinking enough water. So this trend of this hyperhydration kind of did take me by surprise because I don't really come across it very, uh, very often. In fact, it's the opposite problem that I would see more of. Now, don't give out to me, but I'm going to say this anyway. Wednesday club tonight, few points with the lads home afterwards. <laughs> Should I drink a good litre before I go to bed or what's your recommendation or that litre tomorrow morning? Will that do me? No, 
before you go to bed and put a little bit of salt into it as well, um, Jerry, because that acts as an electrolyte, which will help to keep you hydrated overnight and then reduce the effects of the alcohol as well. Very good. And now there's something I never knew for sure. So a litre, you're saying a litre, a litre before bed with a little a pinch of salt in it. Yeah, well, I mean, even a half a litre, even a pint. So right. a pint of water and a with a salt. little bit of salt in it. Just a little, a literally, pinch. Like a, yeah, literally a pinch of it, yeah. Okay, very good. I'm going to put that into practice and uh, hopefully it'll it'll work, the oracle. But uh, coming back to this, it is so important. We, we underestimate, don't we, uh, the mm. hydration element of good health. Yeah, very much so. And it's so important because it supports our whole digestion system. It supports our heart health as well. It supports our nervous system health. So, you know, if you're feeling de- if you're dehydrated, you will likely be uh, experiencing brain fog. So you just won't be have that kind of cognitive function where you, you know, feeling alert, focused, your memory is working all, you know, so hydration is really key to supporting our overall health and wellness. Um Flat water uh, added uh, CO2 to water that makes it bubbly. You know what I mean? Fizzy water. doesn't matter. And what about fla- flavoured water? No, you're, you're talking about sugar there, are you? Yeah, exactly. And and even so carbonated water that you were carbonated, uh, sorry, referring yeah. to there. Yeah, yeah that is um, that can often, you know, you can experience bloating. So, again, I would see this quite frequently in clinic where people are telling me that they are, you know, consuming enough water. However, when I investigate a little bit further, they're telling me that it's they only drink fizzy water and fizzy water, by the way, has very high levels of sodium. So check your brands as well, because um, certain brands, actually the more expensive brands, um, have higher levels of sodium in them. So it's you'll you'll notice actually after drinking, sometimes drinking these carbonated waters that you feel more thirsty after them. So sodium, um, added sodium is not ideal. So you're better off with still filtered water. And if you can have something fitted to your tap at home, all the better. Uh, just have a bottle of Tesco Sleeve Naman Irish Spring carbonated water here on the desk beside me. And I'm just looking <laughs> at the ingredients that says calcium, magnesium, potassium, sodium, bicarbonate, um, OMG yeah. sulfate, OMG nitrate, OMG chloride. God almighty, there's so many OMGs yeah. in there. But it's there. The one you mentioned, the sodium is there. Yeah, yeah. And you just have to be careful of that. So um, just be, uh, you'll start looking at uh, water labels now. Mm. Oh, OMG <laughs> must be, oh my God, as you read the label and you read the different <laughs> ingredients. <Yeah. laughs> to oh, be honest yeah. with you. Anyway, that's brilliant. Thank you so much on, on the hydration, on the water. Stay away from that uh, Kylie Jenner trend and four litres plus. That's the message yeah. today. You're just doing yeah. yourself more harm than good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just for the teenagers as well, who are obviously heavily influenced by this kind of celebrity yeah. culture. You know, they're really quite clueless. And um, it's it, as a result, it can be quite dangerous. So always get your health and wellness information from a qualified person um, not from an influencer. Very important. Now, you're working away, doing great work uh, on the menopause front, and it's a speciality I know of yours. You, ha- I just saw you have a fantastic seven-week uh, online uh, programme coming up. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so it's called Menamorphosis, and it's an online programme uh, focused specifically um, on helping women in menopause to literally transform their health using nutrition. So it's um, it's 
you know, it's all online. So I do these uh, real time live trainings every single week. Uh, all the participants will have access to all of the resources that I use uh, throughout the course. We have an, a really nice online community where you will have constant contact with me and access to uh, be able to ask me questions as well in real time and also to get the support um, of the other participants going through the same journey as you. I talk about everything from heart health to digestive health to uh, obviously hormonal health. We look at bone health, all the aspects, all of the uh, chronic health conditions that we're at an increased risk of at this live stage, I address. And it comes complete with a recipe booklet and also a shopping list and all the practical things that you need in order to make the whole transformation much easier and more enjoyable. And we get started very soon on the 3rd of May. Enrollment is open right now and it closes actually on the 1st of May. So if anyone's interested in kind of embarking on uh, transforming their health, uh, using nutrition to uh, support them uh, for the next 20, 30 years and really learn about how to correctly nourish your body, then this is a great programme for that. Menopausenutritionist.ie That's where all the information is. Menopausenutritionist.ie You're fantastic. I won't leave it as long again to give you a shout. Rachel Graham, thanks so much. Thank you, Jerry. It's a pleasure as always. All the best. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Brilliant. Rachel Graham water take note I think in sporting terms there's nothing to beat a 147 break in snooker the tension as it uh, goes down to the colours you know they've potted all the reds all the blacks and then it goes to the colours Karen Wilson there achieving at the world championships that are on the moment I love the snooker I told you that before I really do but a 147 maximum break is something special and I remember all those years ago the first one ever televised uh, he was on there they mentioned him in the sport earlier on today but anyway uh, the one force I remember seeing that ever first ever 147 it was 40 years ago Colin mentioned it earlier on uh, it was who was it Louise do you remember his name what was his name no <laughs> Cliff Cliff Tauborn <laughs> it was wasn't it it was Cliff Tauborn well done to you thanks Louise I you see she knows her sport she doesn't put on to at times that's why she steps in for today with Sheehan when he's not round you know what I mean she knows her sport it was Tauborn is right they got the first ever one four seven forty years ago but it's special I must try and look back at it again this evening world snooker on at the moment I just love it anyway we are in a position now to tell you who are our winners today because you see Oliver Goff sales and higher Flower Hill and Avenue celebrating 60 years in business we have a husk Varnish Strimmer battery operated 289 euro it's worth to give away today and I need a name as well to go into the draw on Friday for the Husqvarna Automore 5450X it's worth 5000 euro the uh, clue for the weeds today was firstly this weed can produce white or red flowers secondly if you find one of them with four leaves you're in it you're in the clover. That's what I mentioned. You're in the clover. Clover, I was looking for, and its botanical name is Trifolium repens. Anyway, thank you to all who entered. And today we've spun the wheel. We put the names in the hat, etc., wherever you like to say. And the winner of the strimmer today is Stephen Collier. Well done to you. And going into the hat for the big draw on Friday for the Husqvarna lawnmower. Georgina Hussey, yes, your name is in the hat. I believe you're out term and way there. Well done to you. So you must keep tuned now on Friday to see if you're going to win that wonderful more. We'll have another opportunity tomorrow for both uh, the prize and uh, the finalist position, number four, for the draw on Friday afternoon. It'll be a nice prize. It'll be a lovely win. So make sure you study your weeds this evening again. 
head of late lunches. Clues about the weed tomorrow afternoon. Anyway, at ten past three on the day of our Lord, the 19th of April, 2023. Let's do this. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number three from this very week in 1991. But here's the thing about this song. It was actually released first in June 1989, two years almost earlier. And it was an eight and a half minute version of the song. So I must keep a note of that. If ever I'm stuck on late lunch, let me put this down. Yeah, it was eight and a half minutes long. So if you hear us playing the eight and a half minute version, you know we're such a goose. Anyway, the song reached number 77 on the UK singles chart. And John Peel, actually, the wonderful and the great late John Peel, loved it. It was in his top festive 50 songs of that particular year. But anyway, Sense prevailed and in new version was released in March 1991 that was much shorter and with new lyrics included as well this time it reached number 2 in the UK singles charts, I think we played it as a 2 on Tuesday going back and it spent 3 weeks there it was the 20th best selling single of 1991 in the UK here is your number 3 from this week in 1991 it's James and you can sit down now. Go on, away you go. Sit down, sit down, sit down. The whole audience now. Take it easy. This week, 1991, at number three in the UK charts, James and Sit Down. That song written by James lead singer Tim Booth, who says he wrote it because he felt so alone in his 20s until he started reading books by a writer called Doris Lessing, which made him understand he wasn't alone. And you're never alone. Always remember that. There's always somebody. And there's always late lunch each afternoon between half one and half three to join in and become part of the family here. You're so welcome if you join us every day. And uh, we love having your company, of course. Final break of the afternoon. And uh, my final guest today is a great man. You can't put a good man down. That's what I'll say about him. Stay with us to find out what it's all about. There was great sadness in Navin when Yummy Cream Sweet Shop closed earlier on in the year. And I had a chat back then with Ednan Hamid. But you can't keep a good man down. Ednan, welcome back to the show. <laughs> How are you, Mr. Jerry? You keeping well? I'm keeping good. I'm keeping really good. But hey, you're back on the road again. Tell us what's happening. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's been a long, uh, how can I say, a long two months, I suppose. Uh, but um, the community was amazing. So we just, I just said, look, I, I, I just couldn't give away the name Yummy Creams. Mm. Um, it, just, it just meant so much, not to me, but to the whole community. And I was getting so much text. And this and that. So we 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 decided to go smaller, Jerry. Um, uh, we we took over the back unit really of the actual shop, and I've made a uh, what you call a kind of a online. I'm going to be selling online and do markets and festivals and so on, you know. But uh, through Yummy Greens, so on a smaller scale. Mm. Now look, at you're a, a man who has never put his hand out for assistance. You could have gone on job seekers and uh, looked for some support from the state. You you didn't do it. Why? 
No, I Jerry, you know what? I was on it, and I did this. Look, listen, it is what it is. I was on it uh, years ago, and uh, you know what? When I went on it, and I took at it, and uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, when you receive some payments like this, you just sit on your ass, and you just don't bother, or you don't want to do anything, because you know you get money for nothing. And... Uh, I actually didn't want to do that again, man. And I, and I just said, no, you know what? I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to keep trying. And I sold some equipment and got a, you know some money from here and there by selling a few uh, some equipment from the shop. And um, I had sweets. <laughs> I had sweets at home when I closed the shop. And people, have, I know it's not right, but people were amazing. They said, Ed, we're coming home. We're coming home. We need sweets. We'll buy it off you. We buy, and people did. And uh, then I just said, no, I, I am just going to keep at it and stay away from all types of government payments and and so on. And I, I just want to work at it, Jerry. I really do, you know. I so admire you and people that don't sit in their ass. Uh, I think we have to, Jerry. You know, I think it's for our children. Um, tomorrow I've sat in my ass many a year. <laughs> it's not like I haven't, you know. I think I've bloody wasted uh, most of my life. My not at all. No, don't be saying that. Indeed, you haven't. You, you might. You can reflect on on parts and aspects of your life, like we all can, when yeah. when you're in situations like that. But in the overall bigger picture, you're a a doer, a get up and goer, and you've proved it again here now. So look, you're gonna you're gonna t- go into the online selling of the sweets, and uh, uh, tell me about this uh, new sweet packing unit that you're getting. What's this about? Right. So basically, what we are going to do is, Jerry, uh, for the moment, because we're still uh, hopefully get a bit of money together and get a website going. But uh, for the moment, I am going to be selling through Instagram, Facebook, and we'll be selling and we'll be doing a bit of wholesale and we'll be selling bulk streets like for parties and and this and that. So that unit, um, and thankfully today, and I'm so happy today. Uh, today I got to go ahead from the HSC, um, uh, the HSC department as well, uh, fully registered uh, to uh, do markets and festivals and to uh, uh, sell from there as well, from the packing unit where I'll be packing sweets. Uh, for orders and occasions and so on, you know. Well done. That's an, another uh, positive step yeah. along the road. <laughs> the, the the candy cart thing, that type of thing for, as you mentioned, weddings, special occasions, yeah. out and about, that's part of your plans too, yeah. Yes, it is indeed, uh, Jerry. I'm uh, hoping, to, because I was always doing candy cart and crisp wall and donut wall uh, when I was there at Yummy Creams and we used to deliver it into hotels in weddings and for confirmations and so on uh but yeah we're going to do it again and we're 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 going to do it again and uh, i think this is this is where the business uh is going to be more focused on and i think i think morley my wife and kids are very happy because they don't have to stand in the shop anymore you know but, yeah listen <laughs> it's all good listen i just wanted to say hello to you wish you well and good on you Ednan. yeah Thank you so much, Jerry, and thank you so much to Louise and all of you, everyone. You know, it's so nice of you, you know. Ah, good on um, you. Thank for you for everything. the kind words. Take care, Ednan. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. 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 What a man, Ednan Hamid. You just have to admire him. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive on LMFM Radio. See you tomorrow, one thirty. We'll say goodbye with Ed Sheeran.
it's a bad idea But how can I help myself Been inside for most this year And I thought a few drinks they might help It's been a while my Selling a little Or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing However you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform That helps you sell at every stage of your business From the launch your online shop stage To the first real life store stage All the way to the Did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers With the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average Compared to other leading commerce platforms Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.